you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Did you just lose to the guy who auto-drafted? Are you screaming at your TV again because Ted Ginn dropped the pass, but you know he can't hear you anyway? Did you drop your RB1 for a kicker? Huh? Did you think your fantasy draft was a good first date idea? Look, you were probably just blindsided by hunger. Luckily, Snickers is here to pick your sorry butt up off the turf. Get back on your game with NFL Hunger Bars from Snickers. Ever made pastrami at home? How about smoked salmon? Slab bacon? Mmm, bacon. Duck confit? Because, you know, we all do that at home, right? It's easy to make all of that and more right at home with Jewel Sous Vide. Jewel makes it easy to try cooking new recipes and cuts of meat at home because there's zero guesswork and food is never under or overcooked, which, you know, you hate guesswork when it comes to cooking food. Anyway, Jewel heats food to the exact right temperature and holds it there. Beef, poultry, Pork, seafood, veggies, desserts, pretty much everything comes out exactly the way you like it. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel and use code fantasy to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash jewel, J-O-U-L-E, code fantasy. Jewel, perfect food every time. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It is me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant. And uh, it is another Monday. We are one Monday closer to the start of the season. And, okay, I know I've said before that this is like a transitional podcast, that we're kind of moving things around. And I would say that if I were a different person, I would feel paranoid because it seems that everybody who comes on this podcast is leaving me. Um, You know, we had producer Christina. Uh, She has uh, been reassigned, I think, to other other departments because I don't know, maybe I did something. So instead, 
It's Eddie Spaghetti, Eddie Murphy. Welcome to the show. You are. It's it's us. We're we're here for a while, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not going anywhere. I'm the one guy who will stand by you, Marcus. So don't worry. I mean, I feel like you know, I'll stand by you. Like I just need somebody like to you know just help me through this. Like I feel bad. Everybody's leaving me. So I'm, I'm a fantasy guy, and uh, they they brought this opportunity up to me, and I was like 100. percent I'm in on this. Uh, uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm here. Sounds good. Now you said you had you already had a couple of drafts, right? I had my big one. I've had since uh, 2006, and I had it uh, riskily. Very very, very riskily, like before the third preseason game. Ooh. And uh, but it was just a schedule thing. And I'm the only West Coaster in the league. All my friends back in the East Coast like uh, we got to do it this day. We have, there's vacations and other stuff. So I was like, OK, fine, I'll do it. Got up at 6 a.m., uh, did my draft. And now my fingers are just crossed the entire time that there's no injuries uh, going on. Whatsoever. Right. That's always the risk of, 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 of drafting before. Uh, the third week of the preseason. So welcome aboard, Eddie. I'm uh, I'm glad I'm glad we're here. We're, Thank let's, you. let's team up. We're going to we're going to be a super team. Joining me on this side of the glass, the guy you, you can read his work on NFL.com and around the NFL. You hear him regularly on the Around the NFL podcast. Uh, gentleman of leisure, one of the best writers that I enjoy reading, and uh, just an all around swell guy. It's Mark Sessler. How are you? I'm doing great. Listen, uh, I will say one thing out of the gate. I know a lot of people fast forward through the ads to get to to you, mm-hmm. but you're the person reading the ads. I thought you did a Fantastic job. We're here in Los Angeles. Thank you. You know, you could always pick up an extra 15 to 20 Gs a year right. as an ad reader or a voiceover artist. I don't know why you and Dan Hansis, the other ad readers, writer, it's, they're grooming you for a much more lucrative career. I, you know what? I've always wanted to do like a book on tape, you know, like one of those sort of books on tape, which I think would be great. I don't know what kind of book I read. Maybe like, like a Nancy Drew. That'd be maybe. awesome, right? Yeah, I think I think you would you would excel at that. I'd be all about doing that. So, but welcome to the show. I'm glad that I've had uh, I had Dan Hansis on. Uh, I was on your show uh, not too long ago for the fantasy uh, was the extravaganza. What is yes, it the extravaganza, and you made it. I mean, you made it that. Oh, and more. I it was that. it was a good good appearance by you. I appreciate that. So we got plenty to talk about. Uh, we'll kind of talk about some of the things that we saw over the weekend. It was the third preseason game. They they call it the dress rehearsal, but. I don't know. I feel like I saw more understudies than actual stars this week, but we'll talk about some of those things. Uh, we will take a trip to one of my favorite places, which is Mark Sessler's Fantasy Corner. If you've ever wondered where I come up with some of my takes for fantasy, you will uh, kind of get a glimpse of that. And uh, we'll talk to Emery Hunt over at the Football Game Plan. He's also a fantasy writer at The Athletic and a guy who kind of does a lot of scouting and tends to go a little bit deeper. So if you're in a deep league, if you're in a keeper league, if you're a dynasty nerd, stick around because Emery Hunt has some interesting names that he may want to talk to you That's when about. you will shuffle me out of here, hopefully because you're, 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 be not, you're not in on the dynasty stuff, huh? Um, you know, it's just simply everyone likes to presume that I cannot stand fantasy football. Played right. it my whole life, mm-hmm. but it's a time issue. Yes. And it's not made it, its way into the top 20 things <laughs> I need to spend time on in 2018. It's understandable. So. I totally understand that. But before we get too far into that, uh, let's do some news. <laughs> Let's the news. All right. We will start in Philadelphia. I love it. I just love like gauging people's reactions when they hear that. That is, I mean, that woman in general, I don't know. It's not a real person, obviously, right? It's a computer generated woman, um, which is, you know, there's issues there potentially, but (laughs) I I like the voice. I like that she's branching out and saying new things now too. Right. She's growing in intelligence, which is scary. Which is kind of scary. I saw Ex Machina and that thing didn't work out well for Oscar Isaac in the end. Um, We'll start in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz still is not cleared for contact. Um, There's questions about whether or not he'll start the season on the pup list, which means he's out for the first six weeks. Uh, Nick Foles did not look great over the weekend. That's uh, that goes without saying. But 
if you're the Eagles, does it make sense to even rush him back? You, you kind of have a grace period. You've won a Super Bowl. Does it make sense to even rush him back for week one now? I mean, I don't think so. The one thing about the start of the NFL season is that there's all this tracking where players are going to be by week one and week two. And for fantasy, it matters a lot. Mm-hmm. That I get. But from a football angle, you know, weeks one through four, te- good teams are still figuring out who they are. Mm-hmm. And it's a medical issue with Carson Wentz. If there's any reason that they're holding him back right now and that doesn't change... 10, 10 nights from now on Thursday night against the Falcons. No, I wouldn't rush him in. And I, are, are we supposed to be in a panic mode over the Eagles offense when if you really looked at who their starting units, there are legit players not on the field sprinkled you know, each time in the, each one of these games. They've, they've been inept, but I'm not ready to panic yet entirely. Yeah, I mean, I think from a football standpoint, not at all. I, I know that you know, for, for the fantasy folks out there, they're drafting him. I, I'm looking right now. He's a kind of a seventh, eighth round draft pick, and it just seems risky, especially... If he's not going to be there for the first six weeks of the season, that is, I mean, that's literally about half of your fantasy regular season that you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, but for. I can't be counting on him if that's the case. You can't be. You just can't. You can't count on him at all. So uh, that's one to keep an eye on, just because you know. Again, I, I feel like the Eagles have a grace period now. Like they they have their franchise quarterback, they have their Super Bowl titles. So you know, it's not. You know, it's funny that we deal. had Colleen on our show, and mm-hmm. I thought that she would be. You know, she's been on two or three months of vacation, traveling right. all throughout <laughs> Europe and Northern Africa, and now she's back and. I thought she'd be sailing on a cloud with this Eagles team. Uh, But she, and I I guess maybe it's the viewpoint of other Eagles fans too, are basically saying, no, no, no. It's a new season now. Enough with telling us that we just have to be content for the rest of time. Treat it like a Patriots fan or a team that wins consistent Super Bowls. You got, they, she seems down in the dumps a little bit about where they are right now. Right, but here's the difference though, with Patriots fans. I mean, when they got that first one, they were like, it was like, hey, we finally got one. We finally broke through. Like, yeah. I... I would understand that if, you know, if we are five years down the road and the Eagles had won a couple more times. Look, as a Golden State Warriors fan, I was thrilled to get the first one. Like now, yeah, we've won a few of them. So like now I'm greedy and like I want them to compete. But the first one, I was like, hey, I can I can die a happy fan. Yeah, like the greedy switch flips at some point. It's not right. It shouldn't be right after the first altering title that changes the town forever. Right. So, So, you know, but, you know, again. Philly is, you know, it's known for its patience with its sports teams. So oh, naturally. Uh, in Jacksonville, Marquise Lee was carted off over the weekend with a knee injury. The update this morning was that he will have surgery uh, and he is going to be done for the year. The thing I kept hearing about the Jaguars this offseason is that they've added so much more depth at the wide receiver spot. They, you know, they got Dante Moncrief. We've seen Keelan Cole and DJ Chark and, and D.D. Westbrook and these guys. But... What I started to think about is, does this mean they have depth at the position or they just have a whole lot of bodies there right now? I mean, I think it's a little bit of a wait and see because you look at the ages of this group and Cole's 25, Westbrook's 24. You know, Moncrief, I think is, oh, let's find out what, what Dante Moncrief's going to give a team at this point, 25. But I think D, the DJ Chark, like the buzz on him has been pretty positive. Mm-hmm. He's only 21. So can they, As it's almost like a Fab Five Michigan scenario. Well, maybe <laughs> they all grow together. You lose someone to a contract situation. But will they really be, are they, are they deep? I don't see them as, there are, there are much deeper ta- where we know the talent base, mm-hmm. uh, wide receiving cores around the league right now. Is it, how much of this, hinges on the right arm arm of Blake Bortles. I a mean, lot like, of it, there's, I there's think. so much talent there, right? But if Bortles can't get them the ball, it doesn't really matter. A lot of it, because I think that last year what we saw was no matter what the coaching staff wants to say, 
they were a run heavy heavy offense and especially it went you know in other situations where other teams would say we have Drew Brees or we have a healthy Andrew Luck or we have a young Jimmy Garoppolo we're going to put them in these pressure situations we they did allow Blake Bortles to do a little of that in January and I thought that he played really well in the second two playoff games he really did but this preseason if there's someone that I would be a little bit concerned about it's him because the regression with him is always dunderheaded, not seeing the field <laughs> turnovers, and he's not playing against a full range of starters when he's out there. So, yeah, I think that he he impacts the va- fantasy value and real-life value of every one of these receivers. Yeah, I mean, I know that, you know, these, these receivers are guys that are coming off the board kind of late in drafts. They are sort of dart throws a little bit. Everybody's trying to find it. The, the thing that's been frustrating if you're tracking the Jaguars wide receivers is that it feels like every Jaguars beat writer has a different guy that they're focused on, yeah. right? They're all they're all positive. All the reports are great. They just can't they can't agree on which one is the guy in this offense. And that's practice reports too. And I totally get why in August it's easy to become enamored with a young player without a lot of track record. But I I thought Westbrook came on at the second half of last year in seven games. I mean, he really looked the part. He's the guy I would I would say that you could you could draft and probably get something out of. But but you're the expert. Where do you pick these guys? I just don't think you go high with any of these. No, you don't. I mean, they're all kind of double digit round guys right now. In fact, I'm in the process of doing a slow draft where you get you you get a four hour timer between picks. And, you know, we're in the 15th round and I was mildly upset this morning before I came in here because somebody snaked D.D. Westbrook away from me in the 15th <laughs> round of my slow draft. But I mean, that's that's kind of where you're looking is like 12th, 13th, 14th round for these guys just because there's upside. You just don't know which guys. Is Hold the on one. a minute. You are doing a draft where there is a four hour window in between picks. What yeah. is the what's the tactic here? Is it just that much more study being put into you know, each selection? I, you know, I don't know. I don't really understand. I mean, I've, I've been in a lot of slow drafts. I don't really understand why they became a thing. Versus just, you know, because I, I don't know, people can't. So days pass. Out. I mean, like days yeah. and weeks will pass. Oh, yeah. This draft started on Thursday. <laughs> you know, it's it's Monday and we're still drafting. I think we still have like, you know, a round and a half, maybe maybe two rounds. That is left next level in this thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's some of those some of these like these best ball leagues will have like an eight hour draft clock even. So, yeah. Uh, you've taken me to a new universe. Even Eddie behind the glass is that's, dumbfounded and by that's, this And that's even, that, that's, I also should mention the fact that, you know, the draft pauses overnight because, you know, it, it's not fair to be on the clock in the middle of the night. So that pauses. That would be, that would be punishing. I kind of right. think that would make it more fun, but you'd have people really, some people when they fall asleep, that's it. Large bombs from other countries wouldn't awake them. Right. So that it, you, the competitive balance would be affected. I feel like it also ruined marriages if you have to get yes. up Yes, I mean, if, if you're probably already in a danger zone if you're in one of these <laughs> slow drafts and you're married to begin with. Uh, next up, Ravens tight end Hayden Hurst will have surgery on his foot. The only thing I can take away from this is that I feel like Ravens tight end has become like the spinal tap drummer. Like you get Hurst is hurt. Dennis Pitta obviously had injury issues. Max Williams, Crockett Gilmore, even Ben Watson that first year he was in Baltimore um, missed the whole year with an Achilles injury. They have talent at the position. They just can't keep any of it healthy. At any it point. is. It is such when you look around certain position groups around the league, it has to be in the top two or three <laughs> where it is a spinal tap scenario. And spinal tap talked about drummers just spontaneously combusting. Right. We haven't seen that with a Ravens tight end, but there's still time. Another one I know got <laughs> um, packed into luggage, apparently, and they never found him. Another possibility. <laughs> but it's so true. And they've invested high picks. Mac Williams was a second rounder. They have a Hurst as a first. They have a fourth rounder from this year as well. I mean, they are trying hard because I really think that Flacco, and this is probably the, this is probably the last year of Flacco, barring 
him having an incredible season and them clinging on to him, or Lamar Jackson really not growing into the role. But Flacco is a much better quarterback. And you go back to the Dennis Pitta days, where when he has a healthy tight end, he's just a, he opens up. I think he opens up as a, as a signal caller. So it's the position is important to him. Yeah, I uh, I have sort of been pushing this idea of what I'm calling the Fleconnaissance, like that he has some kind of bounce back. But you're this not year. into this, or uh, you? I kind of am. You're into, into it. it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he uh, I think he's going to bounce back a little bit this year. I may, I may be too high on him at this point, but I kind of like him as a you know a sleeper quarterback off the waiver wire or something like that. The other thing that's interesting to me is. Uh, I have this weird fascination with the concept of human spontaneous combustion. So um, I, I don't wish it upon anybody. No, but this would be the group where that would be, if you want to keep your eye peeled for that happening, right. I would watch this tight end group. Right. That's exactly how I think it might go down. So that uh, is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. All right. The wait is nearly over. Football is almost here. Actually, football is here. I mean, we're talking about this all the time anyway, which means it's fantasy football season and FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. Look, if you're not a fantasy expert and really, I mean, who among us is, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How does this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free free, F-R-E-E, $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week. You can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. Look, I'll tell you about this. These these Survivor Contests are always exciting, especially on a Sunday afternoon when the one team that everybody thinks is going to win is suddenly on the ropes. You know, if you uh, last year took the Patriots in week one of your Survivor pool, uh, you were kind of out of luck after they <laughs> lost to the Chiefs, so good luck about that. But uh, it should be exciting. FanDuel, a great place to play, so make sure you get on board again. To get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. That's FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. I mean, it's a free $20. How often do you walk down the street and find $20 on the ground? Almost never. So, might jump in, get that free $20. Come play with me and a whole bunch of other folks at FanDuel.com slash FantasyLive. All right. Week three of the preseason, they call it the dress rehearsal because that's supposedly when teams kind of show at least as much as they plan to show in the preseason. You see a lot of the starters for an extended period of time and a whole lot goes on. The biggest thing, it started uh, Friday night, I believe it was. Adrian Peterson got on the on the field for, the, for Washington and as uh, our pal Chris Westling wrote, states his case for the featured running back role. All I know, Mark, is that when... He got his first carry. My Twitter timeline was like a slot machine, and everybody in the world tweeted that he ran for seven full yards on his first carry of the game, and it just got more exciting, question mark, from there. Um, I don't know. I'm just not buying it. Everybody seems to be buying in, and I'm just not. Right I know now. Chris Wessling is because he's right. been pounding the table for Adrian Peterson all offseason, and I think there's just this um, understandably – uh, deeply embedded belief that Adrian Peterson is somewhat ageless compared to what his actual age is. And he's always there to surprise you. And 
I, you know, the question is like, do you bring him onto this Redskins team if he doesn't have a very legitimate chance to start? Because I don't think he really wanted to be. He was not a, a, a wonderful presence in New Orleans nope. when he found out he was not going to be not even the number two guy for the first four weeks. He goes to Arizona and he sandblasts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year for like 130 something yards. Right. Then he comes out and does it again two weeks later to the Niners for 159. So suddenly you thought. What were the Saints doing? They had this guy, <laughs> this this incredible force. We all knew about him, and he is unleashed, but he did it very little for the rest of the year. So my question is not about how we'll start, because I think he'll start well. I think it's a good. It's one of the few teams that were a good fit for him, too. But the question is, what do you get over 16 weeks, and where are we in November and December? And not it's beyond me to doubt him at this point, because every time one does, he seems to turn around and, and prove people wrong. But, he's, but also, Father Time typically wins these battles also. Right. I so. mean, the thing I worry about with him is that he is a guy who traditionally has needed, you know, 25 or so carries, 25 or so touches to really, truly be effective. And it's a backfield that still has, and I'm not saying any of these guys are world beaters, but Samaj P. Ryan is still there. Rob Kelly is still there. Chris Thompson is going to get on the field at some point. So I, I don't see that opportunity to get him that kind of opportunity. And plus the fact is the big thing that the, the saints ran into with him is that when he was on the field, everybody knew what they were going to do, right? They were just going to run the football. And unless something about Adrian Peterson has changed in the last year, I feel like he's still that guy that everybody, like it, you're just telegraphing what you're doing when he's back there. Yeah. And in, in the, in the, you know, days past, the entire defense can know he's going to run the football. He's still going to run through you for 180 yards. There was He was unstoppable. And now, I mean, there are a couple backs like that. And that's what made the fit so hard. I think the, I think Chris Thompson like gives you someone that he's already your third down dude. He's your passing specialist. I don't know if his role changes that much. And maybe that kind of helps that you already know that whoever was going to be there on down one and two probably wasn't going to be the third down specialist anyways. But losing Darius Geis, I think that just their whole plan changed. They're the one team that had that first-round pick where it's like, ouch, man, we lost the guy we were going to lean on. He looked good, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. But I'm curious. Like, I know, you know, after what happened over the weekend, I started seeing Adrian Peterson get drafted in, like, the single digits in fantasy la- in fantasy drafts, and that that made my brain itch. So, I, you know, I couldn't quite is that, get down with that. Is that people, like, they just don't, they know the name? And so they're... I think in, there's a lot of that. Yeah. I, think there's, I think there's a combination of people who just know the name and do it. And I think there's just people who just genuinely get too hyped up over what they see in preseason games. Probably so. these guys drafting before week three. Right, like exactly. Friends. Like, who are these people? He's nuts there. Um, up to New York, Sam Darnold looking strong again, and it looks like he has locked down the Jets' starting quarterback job. I mean, I guess this part doesn't surprise me. They Obviously, they spent the number three pick overall on him. They have high hopes for the guy. He's played well. My biggest question is, why hasn't a Teddy Bridgewater trade happened yet? I, you know, I think there's probably a lot of pride inside a team like because where with the Jaguars would make a lot of sense, but they just spent an all off season floating endless wind about how much they believe in Blake Bortles and they gave him a contract extension and they didn't draft anyone to really come in and compete with them. And so a trade, I think, would need to be when their hand is forced because they're one and two or one and three. And suddenly they realize, listen, jobs are on the line here. We've got to figure this quarterback thing out. The other thing is, if I'm the Jets, I don't give anyone Teddy Bridgewater right now. I would uh, like dangle that that carrot out there and let that let you want you want a team that deals with an injury, and then you want the Jaguars to get into a bidding war. Then Mike McCagnin looks very smart. 
Yeah, I know that was one of the things you wrote about recently. You had what, four preseason trades that need to happen, and that was sort of one of them. And I think they would have killed me if I didn't put that in there. <laughs> I know, but that's one, like, watching the Jets the last couple of games that, you know, Twitter has just gone nuts, right? Like, you know, insert team that needs a quarterback, backup quarterback, you know, trade for Teddy. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe the Jets are just trying to, like, wet this build and trying to well, build maybe, that and We don't know that the Jaguars have reached out. We, the other team, we, there are apparently two other teams that have two teams that have reached out. Maybe one of them is the Jaguars. But I, you know, is he someone that you plug in as a starter right away? He has looked good. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the Bridgewater injury is the one of the last outside of Jimmy G, the big quarterback trades, because that injury forced the Eagles yep. or got the Eagles the chance to chain Sam, send Sam Bradford to Minnesota, creating that three-headed quarterback mess that sent Teddy Bridgewater sailing out the building this offseason. Yeah. So, please. Uh, no, I, I think you're right. And, you know, and this is the thing. I, I keep telling people, like, obviously for fantasy, you're not drafting Teddy Bridgewater, but just knowing that in this league, quarterbacks get hurt often, that wherever he goes, there's a chance we could see Teddy Bridgewater playing this year. My other question, and we've, I kind of kicked this around with some friends, is that this is the first time in recent memory that you can go through the list of nearly every team, not, not all 32, but, but close to, and there's at least a, a decent quarterback on the rise. This feels like the deepest quarterback season we've had in a while. It really league. does. And it's, it, you know, I'm thinking back, I saw the rundown here, and I was thinking back like my whole life because there were always crappy quarterbacks starting. Every team's had a few. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of in this balance right now. There, there are five rookies, and, and the, the book is not written on any of them. So there's hope with all of them. And so, so they're, they're sitting there as like that candidate. You could say, well, we could, we could build this franchise around that person. But it's about time though, because we're about to lose Brady, Breeze, Big Ben, Eli Manning, and Phillip Rivers, you know, in the near future. And so we're going to be back in that situation. We need a five pack of players right. to come replace that five pack. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, I mean, just kind of spitballing here. I mean, I would, you know, Deshaun Watson looks like he could jump in there. Um, you know, curious to see what we get out of, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo now. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. You know, I don't know. Are we willing to put Jared Goff in there just yet? Uh, I am with that coach. And also I thought that he... I was last offseason, I was quite annoyed that I, everyone was assuming Jared Goff was going to become great. And then he had quite a nice season. And I think that the offense around him is really strong at this point. I feel like the guy that never gets mentioned right now is Mitch Trubisky. He I, really just never gets mentioned. I feel like he is still so much of an unknown, right? I Very mean, much. Last year, I mean, he, he struggled, but he didn't really have anything around him to help out. And then this year, you know, everybody's excited about Matt Nagy and what that offense could be. But at the same time, We've seen very little of Mitch Trubisky in this preseason. They've so shown, so I mean, I guess maybe to their credit, they've shown literally nothing about what right. they're going to do. Right. But it, it is interesting just because he just seen, there's the Q rating on Mitch Trubisky is lower than some of these other guys at this point where you think it would be exploding right now. Yeah, no, I just, I'm curious. I, I, I have high hopes for Mitch Trubisky. I just kind of want to see it before I, I kind of you know, weigh in fully. Uh, Eric Decker announces his retirement after eight seasons. I keep coming back to this Patriots wide receiver group, right? I mean, we know Chris Hogan is there. Beyond that, I mean, Julian Edelman is coming back off an injury and has a suspension. There are so many question marks there. And we keep falling back on the greatness of Tom Brady. You know, even though he's 41 years old, everybody still believes. And I get that. But I still think if something happens to Rob Gronkowski, does this thing completely fall apart in New England? I, I would just say never because something's <laughs> happened to Rob Gronkowski many, many times. Right. I thought Edelman looked really good against the Panthers. He had one one pass he should have caught that, that was a drop. But other than that, made two really athletic plays. And 
you know, you could tell Decker was out the door when Riley McCarron came in ahead of him in the game. They used a lot of Philip Dorsett and Cordero Patterson in that game, and they those guys have speed, but it's hard to project either one of them, especially Dorsett was there all last year as like high volume dudes in that offense. So they do need like someone to step up. And I just, I do have faith in them though, because the Bills had no idea what to do with Chris Hogan. The Patriots turn him into a a really talented wide out who I nearly won a sandwich bet off of <laughs> in the Super Bowl by saying he would have 180 yards. I think he had like about 120 something. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, I they also have running backs that double as wide receivers, and I just they always find a way to get like 18 people touches in one game. I, right. It's quite mystifying. It's it's amazing because Tom Brady is consistently a top three fantasy quarterback, right? And he has consistently done it without anyone really leaning on any of his receivers fantasy wise. I mean, like I said, there's been Edelman. Uh, you know, Chris Hogan is kind of getting some love right now, but it, I guess it speaks to, and look, I, I am a Joe Montana guy. I grew up in the Bay area. Montana was in my wheelhouse as a Mm -hmm. kid. And so I have grudgingly like held on to this, you know, Joe Montana is still the greatest, but like, I have to, I guess I have to let this go. Right. I think you're, you might start to slowly see yourself on the wrong side of history. I know. I love Joe Montana, but I know. And like, I, I'm, I'm. It's one of those things that as you get old, kids, is when you get older, you start to have to realize that the guys that you thought were great as a kid might not be the greatest uh, anymore. You know? Yeah, it's like I don't quite understand why Bernie Kosar hasn't been shuffled into Canton <laughs> at this point. But um, as I the deeper study I get into it, I start to understand why. Uh, finally, Sean McVay has... I won't say he's changed the game necessarily, but he's barely played his starters at all in the preseason. You know, you got Todd Gurley out here saying that he's living everyone's dream, basically, of not playing. We haven't seen much of or of any of Jared Goff. Um, I'm waiting for somebody in the football media to write a column that says millennials are killing the NFL preseason because they've apparently <laughs> killed literally everything else. Uh, but it does it does for me beg the question for for those of us who do this for a living and, you know, trying to use these games to gauge how teams are going to be, do we have to sort of change how we watch preseason and how we use that to evaluate teams and players now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd almost wonder if millennials would deserve credit for killing at least part <laughs> of the preseason versus um, critique. But I think I think Sean McVay is probably, when you with a guy like Todd Gurley, like, if you believe this player is complete, and we see this at the running back position a lot too, they're going to, they're the, the shape they're in is going to dictate what happens, you know, come the regular season. Do you really need to see him in there? I mean, they, but the trend we're starting to see it sprinkled throughout the league is just yanking starters like this so-called dress, by the way, dress rehearsal. It is meant for <laughs> meant to be for when you're in a play and you're in street clothes. And then it's like, let's all get into our, our dresses and our top hats. And suddenly it feels a little more real. There's no football game where it's like a non-dress rehearsal game. <laughs> as we go out in street clothes and hit each other without pads. So the whole thing needs to go. But if I'm Sean McVay, I, I think I think it will be smiled on down the road where we need to reduce preseason games. I just think two would be fine. And and maybe, though, because not every team does this, you mandate that you scrimmage with a team for a week or do two scrimmage weeks. I think a lot's to be gained from that. And I think, I think that's the argument for cutting down preseason games is because more of these teams are scrimmaging with one another. So you're still getting some of that live action against a different opponent. And I think that... That you know, I don't know, that, that lends itself to not having four preseason games because it's it's been kind of a slog through this preseason. We still have one more week of it left. We can't be in slog mode in August. Like we 
check back post Thanksgiving where everyone's like, oh, please, with the regular season. But <laughs> I mean, it's a little early for us to be feeling that way. So I agree. Well, we'll keep an eye on the rest of the preseason. But uh, first, everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes, five zero minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives every year. Many people are unaware that driving while high can be just as dangerous. In 2015, 42% of drivers killed in crashes tested positive for drugs. Not so harmless after all, is it? And get this, from 2007 to 2015, marijuana use among drivers killed in crashes doubled. Truth is, driving while high is deadly. So stop kidding yourself. If you're impaired from alcohol or drugs, don't get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Drive sober or get pulled over. Part of, of what I, I like to do here is to try and learn stuff and try to hopefully educate all you guys out there listening to some stuff because I think being smarter about football makes you smarter about fantasy football. And so I went and found a guy who has done a lot of scouting, uh, kind of looks at guys on a deeper level, and, and has some kind of deeper names for folks in deeper leagues and some dynasty leagues, uh, names that we haven't talked about a whole lot but could have some potential fantasy value depending on who you play or where you play. And uh, that's Emory Hunt, founder and analyst at Football Game Plan. You can find him on Twitter at Fball Game Plan. Also a fantasy writer at The Athletic and a guy that I have enjoyed reading over the last few months. Emory, thanks for coming on the show, man. How are you? I'm fine, Marcus, man. I appreciate you having me on. Dude, I'm, I'm glad to have you on. First, I, I want to start. You did an article for Fantasy Traviesas, which, you know, usually like it's generally just sleepers, but you wanted to not call it sleepers because there are a gazillion sleeper articles out there. So I will tell you that your, your title immediately worked on me. I was like, what is a Traviesa? And so I clicked on it. Um, but, but it was great, you know? So I, I wanted to, there's a couple names on there that, that you had that we haven't talked about a lot. The first one is, is Tavon Austin. And I, I bring this up because, so a couple of years ago, I went out on a limb and said that it was going to be the big breakout year for Tavon Austin. The Rams had just signed him to a big extension. I thought for sure that meant that, that big, great things were coming for him. They didn't. Um, but now he's in Dallas, and I know there's hope and there's excitement for him there. And, and you look at him as a guy with some maybe some PPR value. So make, make, make me feel right two years after the fact. Why should I buy back into Tavon Austin? Well, you are always right, man. It's always about the long <laughs> with guys like this, right? Because I feel like the same thing is going on with Kadero Patterson. But as far as Tavon Austin, you know, we live in a world nowadays where people look at uh, it's almost like it's old school where people want guys to do one thing and one thing only. There's only one way to play the receiver position. But when you look at Tavon Austin and you think about his unique set of skills, like, man, we have to find ways to get him the football. Nine times out of ten, he's going to be the quickest guy on the field. He's probably going to be the fastest, the most dynamic and explosive. So why would you have that waiting and collecting dust on the sideline? So when you you combine that with a guy that or a coach that's supposed to be a creative mind and wanting to – maximize opportunities with the roster, especially a roster like Dallas, where there are some openings for you know a guy to step up and, and be a playmaker. I think that's what makes this a unique fit as far as fantasy is concerned, because when they traded for him, which again, shows value, um, they talked about him playing running back, you know, a web back or something like that. But now that you see him start to get a little bit more comfortable you know, as a receiver, as far as his route running and how he's going to be utilized, maybe in a slot, sometimes coming out of the backfield, that pseudo third down back, 
I think the way he's being utilized in Dallas with the fact that they traded for him and the fact that he is coming off a year where the blueprint was laid out of how to utilize him, I think it bodes well for his chances as a PPR guy. Is it just that that no one could ever find a way at how to exactly use it? Because, I mean, his talent goes back to West Virginia. It just feels like he's never had a coach who's figured out exactly what to do with him. And it's so frustrating because when you look at him and you look at Cordero Patterson and you say to yourself, like, wow, this guy is dynamic with the ball. Let's try to make his job harder by having him run these complex routes and (laughs) figure things out. No, you just turn around and either hand it to him or you turn around and just dump it off to him and let him do his thing. I think sometimes coaches tend to make football harder than what it is. I've always said numerous times that football is an easy game. you got to think players, not plays, and it looks as though Going to Dallas, they're thinking players. That's why I think he's going to have a lot of success. Uh, looking over in Seattle, Amara Darbo, who he's, I know he's had some injury issues so far in the preseason, but a guy that I thought was kind of an intriguing draft prospect when he came out of college. And, and you know, there are, you talk about openings in Dallas. In Seattle, we know there's Doug Baldwin and maybe there's Tyler Lockett, but it feels like there's an opening for Amara Darbo to maybe be a playmaker up there. Absolutely, man. And his biggest issue has been his inavailability. Um, you mentioned it, him being injured, and once he gets out there, you talk about when he was on that Michigan team uh, with uh, Chess and the other wide receivers in Kansas City, I believe. When you look at what Darbo was doing from an explosiveness standpoint, he was their big playmaker. He was the guy that was going to go up and make the reception on those quote-unquote 50-50 balls uh, and also do a great job of coming up big in third-down situations or inside the red zone. And I thought Seattle got a steal when they drafted him, but he just hadn't been able to be healthy enough to get out there. And that's usually an issue when you have guys that were super fast. You know, that's something I never had to worry about. I never was that fast. (laughs) Those hamstring problems, right? So when you look at a guy like Darbo, if he's out there healthy, he can easily do what we've seen so far this preseason that a guy in uh, Michael Gallup do in Dallas. He's the same type of player. And I think it's just about him getting out there and being able to showcase that. Now, he got out there last year in spurts, but to get the full uh, idea of what he brings to the table, he really has to be out there and be able to utilize that top-end speed that he has. Uh, you wrote also about some dynasty picks and looked at a few of the guys that you know are dynasty guys, maybe down-the-road guys, but with some 2018 potential. And the first name on there that, that popped to me was Chase Edmonds, especially because we saw a lot of him over the weekend. His ability is is undeniable. Just the question is, do you think there's room for a second or a second running back in Arizona with David Johnson there? I think so. And when you look at Edmonds out here in New York City, and we cover a lot of FCS football, I actually broadcasted a couple of uh, Fordham's games. I've seen him since his freshman season, and so I knew the, the potential he had, and I'm, I'm glad that he added a little bit of weight. You know, he came in at about 185, 190, and now he's at 210 and hadn't lost that speed and quickness. And when you look at him, just from a pure natural running back perspective, I have to preface it when I say this, because he's a better pure running back than David Johnson. David Johnson is a great athlete who also can play running back as well as receiver. We know about his story in playing that at Northern Iowa. But as far as like from a vision standpoint, footwork, quickness, knowing how to run with great body lanes, that's Chase Edmonds. And that's why you don't see him have those injuries that you've seen David Johnson have. David Johnson is explosive, but he's a little bit stiff athletically, and I think that's what kind of leaves the door cracked a little bit for a guy like Chase Edmonds to have some success, so that way you can prolong the season for David Johnson. I think both guys will work well. Like I mentioned earlier, where you talk about sometimes it seems people got to see it before they saw it already. I think people saw the formula last year with the Saints utilizing two backs, 
and now that team says, okay, they gave us the blueprint on how to do it and how to make it work, and I think Arizona can do the same thing, especially when you have a quarterback like Sam Bradford, whom you don't want to expose to dropbacks maybe 35 to 40 times a game. You kind of want him to not, you know, be out there because he's kind of like Glass Joe. <laughs> one punch, he's gone. You know, so I think that's what you have to worry about with him. Best way to help him out is that I have those two backs in the backfield. Yeah, you know, you talk about not wanting to expose guy. Look, I know David Johnson is is going to be the focal point of that offense, but they also, I think, learned what life is like without him. And I would think that they would want to try to protect him at least just a little bit because you, I don't think they can go through another season trying to go with a, a committee at running back without having David Johnson there. Yeah, it's all about the long play, man. And you know, if if teams can start seeing things long-term, they can really maximize the 53 on their roster. To me, I wish they could bring their 90 into camp, I mean, <laughs> that they bring camp into the season, because that would, that will solve a lot of depth issues. But if you if you have to play with 46 on game day, like these guys have to do, maximize everybody on your roster. Uh, looking at the Broncos wide receivers, I mean, we, I've talked a lot about Cortland Sutton, and I like his ability, and certainly it looks like he's going to get a shot as their third wide receiver this year. But you wrote about Deshaun Hamilton, who, you know, was, was really good in college. And I looked at this in the sense of both Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, the Broncos can get out of their contracts after this year. They can opt out and just kind of move on without too much of a salary cap hit. Is there a possibility that maybe this is, maybe not both those guys, but at least one of those guys is gone and something opens up for Deshaun Hamilton in the near future? I think so. I, I, I joked about it with a friend of mine saying like, you know, they got Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and they went out and drafted great value Demarius Thomas. <laughs> right? Because both guys are very similar to the guys that they're playing behind. So you're absolutely right. They can get out their contract after this year. And why not have guys that are similar in style, skills, and, and playmaking ability to have the going in on rookie contracts and building that camaraderie and consistency and, and uh, rapport with a quarterback, hopefully Chase Keenum, uh, Case Keenum. Um, is going to be there again next year and not be draft the quarterback. But at least you have a guy, two guys in place in Sutton and Hamilton. I think Hamilton is the better one out of the two for me because he can play all three receiver spots. He has, he's a great route runner. I thought he was the best one in the draft class in that regard. And he also is a guy that really takes his craft seriously. And when you have someone that's hyper-focused like that and talking with him at the Shrine game both on and off camera, this is a guy that's going to do the little things to, to where he, he's going to play a 10- to 12-year career, a la Larry Fitzgerald, a guy that you won't even have to worry about off the field as far as is he putting in the work, is he getting better. He's already doing that more so than what you already know. Uh, Naheem Hines, I know early in the preseason, he was a guy who was getting a whole lot of love. He hasn't had the greatest preseason, but I think he has flashed at certain times. There's a mess in that backfield. I mean, we don't know if Marlon Mack's healthy. You know, I know Jordan Wilkins is there. We've seen Kristen Michael. But I feel like there's that you can't completely count out Naheem Hines to get a shot at some touches this year, can you? No, you can't at all. And I think what, what, what Hines, and this is what I've seen from him, and just going back from my experience, you know, when you are a running back and you're thinking too much out there, you can't, you're not really playing what you are normally used to playing. And I see that a lot with Hines. I see him trying to figure out what's going on or am I taking the right steps or am I picking up the right blitz or you know, is that cutback going to be there instead of just trusting his instinct and running? I think as stuff starts to slow down and he gets more comfortable to where he should be and, and what he's supposed to do, we'll see the Naheem Hines, Hines, I'm sorry, that we saw at NC State and the one that everyone was talking about preseason. I do believe talent usually wins out in the end. 
and you can't coach speed, you can't coach elusiveness, you can't coach a guy that can score from anywhere on the field, and he has all of those things. Now, he may not be the starter, but uh, as a third-down guy, like I said before, he could be their version of Duke Johnson and what he brings to the table in the back. So he just got to get rid of, get rid of that 42, number one. <laughs> no doubt. And plus, I mean, keep in mind, these are you're talking about dynasty picks. These aren't necessarily guys that will necessarily flash a big in a big way this year, but maybe have some some uh, some future down the road. Um, one other one I want to talk to you about, you wrote about Jonathan Williams, and we know the first four weeks of the season, there's no Mark Ingram there in New Orleans. I just don't believe that Alvin Kamara is going to somehow absorb all these opportunities. I can't see him suddenly being a guy who gets 30 touches a game. The the Boston Scott-Jonathan Williams battle has been interesting to watch. You you kind of side with, with Jay Will in that one. Why, why is that? Because he keeps the offense on pace. He's the guy that is not going to gamble. And coaches like consistency. That's why they trust guys that may not be the most talented, but at least he knows what he's doing out there. So they put those guys on the field. And I say that to say that a guy like Jonathan Williams, who's also very talented, but he keeps the offense on pace. You don't see any negative plays with him. And he's stylistically a lot like Mark Ingram as far as, like, plant, cut, get downhill, and try to make moves while going downhill. And next thing you know, it's second and five or, it's, you know, third and two or something like that. And I think that right there keeps the offense on schedule and allows him to utilize Alvin Kamara in the role that he you know, geniusly created for him last year, which doesn't wear him out until Ingram gets back. As, as I let you go, the thing I always like to ask my guests at the end is their, what I call the pick of pop, the thing in pop culture that they are digging on, whether it's a movie, uh, music, whatever, that they are digging on that they feel like they have to share with the rest of the world. What, the, what are you into right now? Man, I am so into old school rap right now. Okay. Like, even though that's still, you know, I, I've always been that way, but I think right now the world needs to understand how great of a rapper Cannabis was. Whew. Cannabis has legit bars, and I think that's what's being slept. Well, first of all, he, he won the battle against LL, number one. Let's get that out there. <laughs> right. But I think people, have to, uh, people are sleeping on that uh, because I just feel like this dude says some things that really have you going research. And read is like, oh wow, let me go find out more about that. So I'm, I'm listening to cannabis old school, but there's, there's this new rapper, IW, and he's another one. He's a, reading his story. The guy that was a, a teacher, or he is a teacher right now, um, but also is, is a hip hop artist and does a lot of great things in the community. Uh, he, he's phenomenal. He says some things. He has a song called, uh, oh man, I forgot the name now. It was, it was put, I put him on the spot, but. <laughs> He has a lot of good song. Therapy is the name of the song. And um, and he does a great job in explaining, you know, the process of a kid going through, you know, the tr- troubles of, of school to what the, the, you know, come to that fork in the road to explaining what happens when you go left, what happens when you go right, and kind of summarizing everything in, uh, in, in like a lesson, in, you know, because it's teaching background. So I would say IW is what I'm listening to currently. And I think that's Do You Music. He uh, is, is uh his um, label that he's on. So I guess I guess you can hear his music at doyoumusic.com. But he's a good artist that I'm li- I've been checking out now. All right, cool, man. Like, I, I'm glad you threw in, though, the thing about cannabis and the, and the LL feud. Because I feel like, you know, I think people who listen to it felt like cannabis won, but LL has had better marketing, and, and you know, he's got a, a, you know, a television show. So, like, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like you know, that, that was kind of slanted in his favor. I'll I tell you this, though, and, and, and this is the same analogy. People swear by Starbucks, right? But deep down, you like, 
man Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think people sleep. I think people sleep on. There's two places that people sleep on their coffee: McDonald's and Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven coffee, I think, is 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 slept on too much too. So, <laughs> I would agree with you. Uh, Emery Hunt, man, appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate the information. Uh, keep grinding, doing your thing, and uh, hope I talk to you sometime soon. Anytime, man. I appreciate it. A quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevent burnout, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing, it's science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30-plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Because, you know, we some, some of us sleep on our side, some on our back, although, whatever. Anyway, Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. Through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 26,000 mattresses and counting. Lisa strives to leave the world better than they found it, but that doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell and are committed to planting one million trees by 2025. Don't miss these summer savings. Get $160 off a Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash live. That's lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com slash live, L-I-V-E, because you know how to spell that, for $160 off. Lisa, a better place to sleep. want to thank uh, Emery Hunt for stopping by the show. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at FBallGamePlan, also a fantasy writer at The Athletic. Find his work at Football Game Plan. It is fantastic. But, of course, doing this job, means I have to kind of scour and get information wherever I can. You know, part of doing this is, is using you know, Twitter and the internet and just the world at large as sort of a laboratory to, to kind of build uh, my information and my knowledge. But I sometimes have to go to some unorthodox spots. And one of my favorite spots to go to uh, is the Mark Sessler Fantasy Corner. So if you want to know where I get some of my tips, just turn to Mark Sester. He's got a, a missive for us from the Fantasy Corner. What, what's going on over there, Corner, Mark? Listen, I'll tell you what. Good thing is, this was a nugget that got left out of our fantasy extravaganza, so I'm glad that there's a forum where we can share it because it was sitting out there as a deep, sort of a bit of deep knowledge that if you're, I would say if you're one of these people in 16 team leagues, that that exists, correct? They do exist, yeah. And even if you, maybe you drafted before the third preseason game like Eddie and someone got hurt and you're out on the outs, you you need a deep prospect. I would suggest a 13th to 14th round flyer on Houston Texans receptionist, Courtney Hazen. Hmm. Marcus, she's a real person. You can look her up (laughs) on the Texans website. I have it firsthand from a plant within the Texans org that Miss Hazen is a rising star inside the building. In quotes, there was a time right after the draft when Hazen had nine separate phone lines lit up like a Christmas tree, my source told me. And like a focused war bot, she methodically shipped every caller to the correct destination, but also shut down caller number five, a suspicious sounding man asking to talk with coach Bill O'Brien about some fixes to the coach's 40 foot yacht. Having done her homework, Hazen already knew that O'Brien denounces boating as a leisure activity and casually, but with authority told caller number five, I will not patch you through, mister. Good day to you. We know that Hazen has mad skills, but she can't get cocky about her rise. My resolution for Courtney is pulled from a WikiHow article on how to grow as a receptionist. Take heed. Number one, love the ringing phone. Start by understanding when that phone rings, it's a good thing. If the phone quits ringing, we wouldn't need you. Two, love your job. Three, leave the attitude at home, Eddie. Four, the customer should become your passion. Five, remember the three E's of the perfect receptionist. Enunciate, 
with enthusiasm so you can be effective. <laughs> Six, write everything down. And seven, get in the habit of using, that's a good advice, write everything down when you're taking phone notes. Yes. I like that. Number yes. six. Number seven, get in the habit of using the following phrases constantly to help break down barriers and diffuse bad situations quickly. Words and phrases such as, thank you, please, you're welcome, my pleasure, Marcus, good morning, Eddie, good afternoon, Mr. Commissioner, and have a great day. Again, Courtney Hazen should not be ignored as a late-round gem who appears to have an evolving role for the Texans this season. That That is, is good knowledge. You know, it's, it's interesting because the Texans are building kind of a young team. There. They really are. And, you know, I feel like she can be a cornerstone of what they're Seamless. doing. Seamless. Right. A seamless add-on. So. And I feel like the three E's are, even for what we do, you know, enunciate with enthusiasm to be what more effective. I, I feel like that that is important knowledge for all of That's us. That's life knowledge. It, life it knowledge. helps a receptionist, but we all answer the phone and we all are alive. Plus, currently. <laughs> plus uh, the fact that she's writing down notes, it, it, which makes her better than some roommates I had. Well, I, I will be honest. I'm not sure she's doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. I think it's a check yourself at the Got door. It. Make sure that you're doing Got these it. seven things. But I would assume she is. She sounds very talented. Absolutely. So, uh, th- again, these are all the things you need to like, be armed with when you go into your fantasy draft. Uh, Mark, I appreciate the visit to the Fantasy Corner. And thanks for uh, just stopping by the show. It man. was fun. Absolutely. Listen, let's do it again, um, maybe to the annoyance of the listener. Absolutely. We'll <laughs> Absolutely do it again. So thanks to Mark Sessler for stopping by. Thank you to Emery Hunt for stopping by. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Thanks to Eddie Spaghetti, Eddie Murphy behind the glass as well. And always remember, sometimes your purpose in life is to serve as a warning for others. I'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.